This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. Learn to be okay to be in uncomfortable spaces. Mm. Um, because kind of like similar to me, kind of like my example of it's very easy and very comfortable for me to shoot. Like to be in a basketball space, to shoot basketball is very familiar to me. Mm. Um, also, there's a ton of people that look like me in, in those spaces as well. Mm. However, where I've seen the most growth is where I've been uncomfortable. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the podcast where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And that's right. You guessed it. We asked them three questions, sometimes four, sometimes five. I know, I know, I know. But rather than talk about their wins or their successes, we talk about their failures, more specifically the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences. So with that being said, my guest today is the creator of Visuals by Dream, a content production company where he does directing, video, and photography for fitness, sports, and lifestyle brands. So yes, he does it all. He's also currently the video editor for MLSE, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which is the parent company for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto FC, the Toronto Argonauts, and the world champion Toronto Raptors. And yes, I'm still saying world champion, even though it's four years later. Come on now. So uh, with that being said, Akeem Burke, welcome to the podcast, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the intro, man. It's uh when you st- when you kind of list them off like that, it sounds uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I have done a, a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because when I when I when I do when I intro my guests, sometimes they have this kind of thing like, oh, is he talking about me? Or and then some of them are like, Yeah, that's right, that's right. Like, you know, it's yeah. kind of like a mix of both sometimes as well. So, Akeem, uh, I know I gave you pretty much like a, a lightweight introduction. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? And also, I'm really interested to know where you got your inspiration from and like mm-hmm. how did you get here in this particular profession, in this particular craft? Got you. Okay, so um kind of like the Coles Notes version. So I, I going back, like as a kid, I used to get in trouble a lot for talking in class, right? right. Um, so kind of in our, when I got to like middle school, my uh, my homeroom teacher sat down with my mom, like during the parent-teacher interviews and was like, mm-hmm. okay, this seems to be uh, like an ongoing problem so let's kind of like maybe we can find like a place for him to kind of use this energy right so she suggested me to get into like doing the morning announcements for the school Mm. right so i was like sure no (laughs) problem you're right so i was like you know you go in everyone it's everyone knows who you are the principal gives you a high five you come in it's it's awesome right so it kind of started there then i i continued that oddly in high school um for whatever reason they had like um you know they have like chess club and the junior varsity stuff so they had one just for like the like the call it westview 
Westview radio crew. Right, right. Right. So that's what we did in the morning. And then from there, my guidance counselor was like, okay, well, if you like this, maybe, maybe look into get into journalism. Right. right. So I was like, okay, well, if they're going to pay me to talk, yeah. then that just kind of, kind of yeah. makes sense. Right. So, yeah. um, so I kind of followed that into university. Thankfully at, at, uh, Guelph Humber, they had the, the courses kind of split. So you had right. journalism, but it was a media studies, right. um, or so you had journalism, like actual, right. like broadcast radio right. television, but then you also had the media side. So photography, right. videography, um, some like visual art stuff as well. Right. Um, so that kind of helped me kind of lay the base to then, okay, be very multifaceted in, in whatever environment I was in, mm. right? Um, because it, especially what we're going back now, 2012, yeah. the, all companies, especially in media, everything was very siloed. Right. right. So if you're only photo people did photo stuff, right. video people only did video stuff. So if you could kind of be good at everything now, you you kind of jump, jump the line. Right. 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 Um, so that's kind of like what my my kind of like viewpoint of it was. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of leaned into it more, mm. more and more over time. Um, I was working in radio for a while and right. then. I kind of came to the realization that unless X number amount of people either got fired, quit, or just mm -hmm. retired, there was there wasn't going to be any spots available anytime soon. Right. So for me, then it was to kind of I know the 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 big word, especially during lockdown, was to pivot. Right. Right. So for me at that time it was like, okay, now what else can I do to still achieve kind of like the similar goals, but to kind of speed up, speed up that process for me. Right. right. So that that's where kind of getting into content creation, videography, photography um, was kind of like the new avenue for me. Right. No, that's a great story. I actually see some parallels between uh, you and I, in terms of how we got where we are today. And mm -hmm. for me, um, when I was in high school, um, I took a class, it was like a communications class where you did like Photoshop, video editing, um, yeah. and so on. And I really liked it. And, uh, but what's a little bit different is when I went to my guidance counselor and I said, like, I really kind of like this, like telecommunications. I don't, I can't remember the name of the class back then. And then he started to give me like information on blue collar work stuff. Like, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm not even good with my hands. Like, wh what do you mean? Get a trade. Like I'm just, yep. I'm not, I'm not the, the handy handy man. I can, you know, put some Ikea furniture to, together kind of, you know, but it was just interesting to me. So shout out to your teacher that kind of saw what, what other teachers could see as just being a problem. And saying, yes. hey, no, this could be, this is a talent. We just need to kind of like shape harness it up, it. harness yeah. it, right? So shout out to whoever your teacher was for recognizing that, man. Because I feel like a lot of kids, they don't get that chance. They don't get that grace uh, from their teacher. They just see it as a problem or as as, as it being like a nuisance. So that's really no, great. 100%. And especially like growing up in, in Jane and Finch, especially yeah. during that time, it was 
one of the quote unquote problem areas, mm. right? So where whereas if yeah. as soon as you said where you were from, from people yeah. didn't give you that 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 yeah. grace or that extra chance, right? So yeah. definitely, definitely thankful for for the teachers that I had growing up for sure. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into this, man. Um, so as a content creator, what has been your biggest failure to date? And why was it your biggest failure? And ultimately, how did you get through it and over it? I think for me, over time, just over my career was um, like grading my success based on comparison. Right, because especially in um, in this world of you know social media and content creation, and I like at my age at thirty two, I saw I've seen it from when it was non existent to now where it is. Likewise, man. You know what I mean. So, so for me, the biggest thing was okay. Oh, this person is has got this show or, yeah. or doing this yeah. gig or getting called out to do this sponsorship. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and what, what that actually does instead of motivates you just essentially cripples you from doing anything else. Right. 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 And so for me, I think that was um, my biggest failure. Right. Um, and, and then kind of on the flip side of it to kind of, work through it was as as cliche as it sounds is kind of like taking a second and you know smelling the flowers being like oh because i was like i have um i kind of kept this tradition my mom used to have like a a big picture of me on the wall but she would pin all of my like ribbons for like competitions and stuff like that and but like you're seeing it you're not understanding mm-hmm. why it's why it's there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and then like so i kind of had the same thing with like all like the little media pass and like the different badges i got over time and yeah. so and like one day i was sitting and looking at it, it was like huh like i've done some pretty cool stuff you know what right. i mean right. and and not only that but i i worked towards getting those achievements Right. right. So more so it more so kept the, the focus on kind of like what goals have you kind of been been mm-hmm. doing, not necessarily comparing to what somebody else is doing, because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you don't know who they know, um, what how much work it got to right. The, right. get to that opportunity. So you can't really compare or be envious of, of what somebody else is doing because you don't know the full story. Yeah, you know what? You hit on a lot of key points there, Akeem. I mean, Malcolm X once said, you know, to to fully understand a man, you got to know where he started from. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the comparison trap, you know, as the saying goes, comparison could be the thief of joy. It's easy to kind of fall into that trap, especially with a tool or a platform like social media, because yeah. for the most part, people are only posting their wins and successes. Highlights. And so, highlight reel, right? So all <laughs> you're seeing is the highlight reel. And it's like, you know, you could be in a slump or a downturn in your professional career or what have you. And then you're seeing, boom, boom, this person just got a deal. This person just got a sponsorship. This person just got a new gig, whatever the situation yes. is. And now you're in your feelings, not knowing that this person could have just came out of a dark period themselves. Right exactly. now, I've spoken to more than enough people 
that have done pretty well for themselves in their respective fields. And they've told me, man, Corey, I've thought about suicide or, or Corey, I've, you know, was down and out. I had to like borrow money. I had to do that. Like all these things, but it's never on their feed with all respect, of course, because it's their personal and private business. Mm -hmm. Um, But because you don't have that context, you are just comparing the, the wins to what you have currently and I've, I've, I look, I, I here, I'm not trying to preach to anybody because I've, I've been that guy, right? I've, I've, I've gone through it mentally. There's even a point where I kid you not, I stopped scrolling for quite some time yep. just to protect my own like mind. You know what I mean? I just didn't yes. want to see anything else. I'll just post and get off. That's how I used to use Instagram for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. So to, to anybody out there listening, to all my listeners, man, like if you're in that particular phase where you feel like, you know, things are not where you want it to be, just understand that it's not that someone is better than you. It may be just that they're doing better than you right now. There's a slight exactly. distinction in what I said. They are not better than you. They just might be doing better than you right now. And it's always best in the I think you said this. You got to if you're going to compare, compare against your own success from where you started from not from mm-hmm. where someone else is at right exactly exactly so if, so if you were making you know let's say an arbitrary number 30k last year and you're making 100k this year that's a massive success that's huge why yeah. are you comparing yourself to someone that's making a half a million dollars a year this is the, yeah it's just not it's just not even the same yeah. Yeah. you know and and i think i think in doing that um you also kind of give yourself a little grace in a sense mm-hmm. of okay, I might not necessarily be exactly where I wanted to be, but I'm making I'm making progress. moves and progress towards that, right? And I think then that kind of give kind of instead of on the on the comparison side of comparing comparing yourself to somebody else, giving you that anxiety. I think when you're kind of looking at yourself and kind of like your progress, it kind of gives you the juice a little bit more. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Say, like, okay, mm-hmm. we've got here. Okay, now what's the plan to to get to that next stage? You know? 1,000%. And there's something else you said about how your mom used to kind of keep like your awards, your ribbons and stuff. And when I was having a conversation with my therapist, you know, I would tell him like, sometimes I, I get a little bit anxious when I'm about to do this or do that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you got to reaffirm who you are before those big events, right? You got like those affirmations, you got to reaffirm. And so what your mom was doing was reaffirming, hey, Akeem, you're a winner. You look at all the, oh, look at all the greatness you've you've already done to remind yourself. And sometimes we just need to have those kind of positive self-talk conversations, man. Yes. 1,000%. My next question for you, Akeem, is, what does a hard day look like uh, for a content creator like yourself? Like, what are some of the things you personally do to deal with like challenges, uh, setbacks, uh, negativity, whether it be like your own internal voices or just like outside noise? All right. Well, okay. I'll 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 work backwards on that. Mm. So so for me, um, so. <laughs> In this space, it's very, for for me. I I I'm kind of like in that weird um, 
space where I am, when I have to work, I'm very extroverted, Mm -hmm. but my, my demeanor on a regular Mm -hmm. basis, I'm I'm quite introverted. I I can sit by myself for hours. right? Right. So in that, it kind of, um, also sometimes allows for kind of negativity to kind of creep in every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for, I think the biggest thing for me is like, I look at it kind of like what you're, what we were talking about before in the Mm -hmm. affirmation. Like if I know there's a gig I'm trying to get, or there's a gig that's coming up, I, I really have to be like, kind of like psych myself up a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of, because I know when I'm, when I'm doing something for work, I'm going to smash it. I I don't have, I, because I, I'm doing it in the constant context of me working. Um, for me, it removes a lot of the, uh, oh, what are, what are people going to think of me if I do this? Or what is this person going to say if they see me here or, or whatnot? So mm-hmm. that's kind of, kind of, for me, the space I have to very much remind myself of, I'm in here to work. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like me constantly trying to give that positive reinforcement to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with that, there, there, there is, there does come a lot of challenges, right? Because mm-hmm. for, for me, I, I'm in a different boat than a lot of creatives of where I'm working a full-time job in a creative space. Um, but I also am freelancing. Uh, full time in that same space. So there's not really a lot of leeway for me to step back, take a break and refresh. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which then can, can kind of give you that creative block a lot. Right. Um, right. Because you're, you're essentially mentally exhausted. Uh, yeah. It's di- different than a, uh, as we were saying before, like a blue collar job, I might not be doing a lot of stuff, super physical, right. But, to to storytell takes a lot of mm-hmm. mental uh power to kind of make something that makes sense and make everything look different right right you know what i mean so th- i think for for me that's usually like the biggest challenge to try and find that balance of yes we're getting a lot of work done mm-hmm. um but also to giving myself enough time to step back refresh kind of like reset um and then look back at to kind of like get myself back into that 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 next sprint you know right. um and then what was sorry what was the first question you were seeing yeah the first part was what does a hard day look like for you oh so for for me um yeah it, it kind of recently it's it started very early so it starts around like 6 or 6 30 mm-hmm. um so that is the time i usually use to get all of my personal freelance work done mm-hmm. so that's um that's like setting up reels for the week setting mm-hmm. up um what you call it any graphics that i have to right. get done um kind of like planning okay what's what is coming up next week double checking where teams are if there's any games that i can go and shoot um you know going through the email checklist as well because there's always stuff that kind of like falls through the cracks as well um and then just and then also too just double checking where what the content from earlier in the week how's that doing what needs to be 
kind of like boosted, posted, um, and then goes into now that takes me into my normal nine to five, as it were, with MLSE. Um, And honestly, that day, it can kind of get crazy. Either that kind of depends on the season, right? Um, It depends on the time in the season, sorry. Um, Because for me, like I was saying earlier, during All-Star break, no one does anything. You, you can't do anything else. It's like we're just pumping out constant content uh, on a regular basis to kind of get those votes out, get mm-hmm. engagement. Um, and then as the, the season kind of gets into that midway uh, to the end of the season, then we kind of have all four, sorry, all six teams kind of rolling. So mm-hmm. TFC's now started uh marley's maple leafs raptors everyone's mm-hmm. kind of getting into the mix now right so it's a lot of emails and meetings and kind of going back and forth with uh producers and stuff right right so it sounds like a lot of balancing with you know um time management right really yes uh, being able to manage your time effectively and then you had mentioned something about you know because you you know, you're a video editor at MLSC and then you have your own production company. Mm-hmm. Um, you you sometimes don't have the, the the kind of the mental break to kind of rejuvenate and refresh your mind. Yeah. And so and then sometimes that leads you to experience like a creative block. So when you do experience a creative block, like what are your like hacks to like solve that that solve that issue, that problem? For for me, the best things that have worked are mm-hmm. um, one, remove myself from it. Like I, I won't, mm-hmm. I won't go anywhere step near. Away. Step away. I won't go anywhere right. near my, my computer at all. Um, like I'll go, go play basketball. I'll go for. I'm very much, especially in the summertime. I'm the night drive guy. Mm. You know, mm. as 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 Drake as that could be, I'm very <laughs> much. I, I very much like to just you know sit with myself, right? Um, and just kind of like be in silence. Right. Um, and then on the on the flip side of it, what I like to do is do something that forces me to be creative. So I like to go on like street photography walks, mm-hmm. like not necessarily anything that I'm going to like use for content but right. just more so the 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 physical of physical nature of actually just getting out getting away from the computer and doing something else right, right. um outside of just sitting in front of it and trying to edit um because i think then while i'm shooting stuff you're you're finding different angles you're like and then you're almost like start piecing it together in mm. your head right to then when now now i come back to whatever project i've been blocked on i'm like oh okay yeah oh i i did shoot this right. angle for this i um i can i let me see if i can replicate that and kind of do some other stuff mm-hmm. with it too you know i think for me that's that's the biggest thing because editing is such a huge part of my my day on a regular basis freelancing and in my full time work yeah. as well so being able to just step, step away. away step away and get away from it is huge yeah absolutely um i re- i agree with that approach um and sometimes i was saying this to someone else the other day um sometimes like talking about stepping away sometimes doing something 
totally unrelated to yes. whatever you're working on is like the solution for the blockage or whether you're just feeling drained and low on energy, right? So if it's going to go see like a movie or something, right? Totally unrelated to what you're doing or, yes. you know, the drive. A lot of people find, you know, for myself, like what's therapeutic is like, I love driving on during the summer, the sun's out, you know, you got the little moon roof, sunroof open. Yeah, you got the music drive, going. Yeah, you got the yeah. music going. You just you're not really going anywhere. You're just you're just driving, right? Yeah. You got yeah. your music playing, and it's just that's therapeutic, right? And for me, you know, when for just talking about, you know, whether it be stress, uh, negative energy, tension, blockage, what 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 have you, you mm -hmm. know, for me, you mentioned you also play some basketball for for me like anything fitness related. So going to the gym, yeah. going for a run, anything like that. And also uh, music, right? I have certain playlists to kind of get me into, get me into a certain mood and to get me out yes. of a certain mood, right? Yes. You know what I mean? That's a, another hack I have. And I'll also try to practice some, some like meditation, even though I've been falling off of that game a little bit and some visualization and some, mm -hmm. some journaling. Those are all kind of great hacks to help you to, get out of your, you know, kind of mental funk, if you will. No, 100%. And I think also too, um, like one thing that I, I forgot to mention is being in a, in a space with good energy, mm. you know what I mean? So like, usually like if I, like sometimes if I really, I really just can't get, I can't figure it out. I'll, I'll, call one of my friends or I'll go see my mom just to, yeah. just to, cause I know that exchange is going to be yeah. um, positive. Right? right. And then when you want, cause I know also too, I, it's an equal exchange. Right. right. So as I am kind of like bringing, trying to bring my positive self to them, they're also giving me, giving me that back. Right. So what, right. once again, kind of charges you up to kind of recenter you for that, you know? Absolutely. And I think you just hit on a key thing there. Changing your physical location is huge. Even if it's like, you know, from one room in your house to another room is a big yes. thing. And for yes. me, and kind of my role and what I do on a day to day, something is sitting down versus standing up that like that physical change in itself can make a big difference for someone like me. Right. Cause yes. I present and I, and I pitch for a living and I like to stand up. I prefer to stand up. So sometimes changing, you know, your chair to a stool makes a huge difference, even though it's like a, a small change physically. Right. Yeah. So yeah, changing your space is is definitely uh, another great hack to kind of get you out of those kind of mental funks, uh, mm -hmm. if you will. Now, um, Akeem, what would you say from your experience are the misconceptions that young creators have uh, coming into the business? In other words, what are the things people don't see or might not know coming into your line of business? Um. A couple of things. I think, I think one, um, a lot of a lot of young creators think it's easy mm. to do because, like we were saying before, you're seeing all the highlight reels, mm. right? So, but you're not seeing all the the prep work it takes to get to that end goal, right? Mm. Um, 
And I think, and also too, more importantly, I think they, they don't understand how long the runway is to get there. Right. Like I give, I give an example, like, so I, um, I grew up playing hockey, love hockey, um, Mm -hmm. but I had to kind of like step away from it. There wasn't a lot of, uh, opportunities in that space. Um, so I kind of like transitioned over to shooting more like basketball and kind of being in that environment. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, then for whatever reason last year i i saw that there was a niche that i could fill that wasn't being filled in in the hockey space especially more so in junior hockey so like we're talking chl ohl Mm -hmm. um across canada um and so i just took it upon myself i'm like okay let me let me go sign up i'll get a media pass i'll go shoot some of these games see how that kind of goes, see what I can kind of do with mm. that content, make those connections. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's very different to send out an email than it is to shake someone's hand. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? Like right. being able to, to add that um, personal touch to, to a business exchange very much helps you jump to the head of the line in those times where they are looking for creators and there are opportunities, right? So I went on my own for what, six months last year, I went and shot a bunch of different games on my own dime. Didn't ask, didn't, didn't get asked to get paid or anything like that. Um, But just to be able to say, okay, here's a proof of product, right? Mm -hmm. Every time something I did or shot went up all your players uh, engage mm-hmm. with it. Um, your fans engage with it. So there's, cl- I'm clearly bringing a value. Right. Um, like to, it. exactly. Right. So right. now I th- you have these bigger events coming up now. Can we, let's, let's have a conversation as to what, what I can do for you. Right. right. Um, and that, that, was it a year runway going into um, earlier this this January, going out to Vancouver and shooting their their the CHL top prospects game, right? right. And, and that is the top of the top. Like ninety percent of the 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 guys on that ice are getting drafted this summer, mm. right? Um, and they, I was the the like kind of like the the farmed the, the the production company that was given the 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 gig wow. um but i was the only person i was the only person doing it wow and even and even more so um i was the only black person doing I that i can imagine in that space mm-hmm. right um but it took a year to get to that to that end goal Right, right. Right. So I think also I think being able to understand that there is a lot of like ver- like groundwork you have to do mm-hmm. to kind of get to those huge highlights that because everyone wants to be there, right? right? But there's a ton of work that you have to do to get there. Um that I don't think is very much emphasized or kind of like touched on, whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's in um like in, in anywhere of the content or slash media space. Everyone's just like, look at this cool thing that I did. 
boom, right. like give me all the adulation and praise, but they're not like, oh, so I had to pitch this 10 times for them to give me a look, right? Right. Um, for them to then now be at the spot where I'm at. A hundred percent. So would you say, you know, because you said a couple of key things there, right? You mentioned the word runway, people not, you know, kind of falling into the trap of that instant success. They want that instant mm-hmm. win. And that's kind of a, a default based on our society, right? We have so much technology that can you can, you know, heat a meal in, in two minutes or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> Uber Eats and your meal comes to your door, right? Amazon yeah. Prime, it's within 24 hours or same day even sometimes, right? So we're kind of like creatures of habits. Um, so would you say that, you know, you find a lot of content creators maybe are not up for the work? Yes, I I, I, I find that... Um, a lot, a lot of the the young guns, I like to call them, mm. always are tr- always trying to find a shortcut. Mm. Um, which, like for me as an older person in the space, even though I'm I'm not in it as long as some other people, mm-hmm. what I was like, I have no problem giving you um, tips or tricks or anything that I found. I I'm gonna give that to you for free, mm-hmm. right? But you also have to understand. Even now with those tools, you still have to work towards getting getting the the end right. goal. Just right. having the tools or the tips or the tricks um, or those shortcuts are still you're still going to end up way short of where the of what the goal is. Right, right. And I, I think I think that's that's uh that's something that is not quite understood. Yeah, um, and not really publicized as it were. Right. No, no. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And I also think like. I, 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 you know, a friend of mine shared, I think it was Bill Gates or maybe Warren Buffett, one of those guys, one of those billionaires, one of those really wealthy people <laughs> um, said uh, people often overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in three to five years. So, again, yes, going to speak to the fact about that runway, you know, we, we you know, a lot of time in business you hear in six months, in six months, it's like, where did we mm-hmm. get this benchmark of six months from? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's you true. Know? And 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 what's crazy about that is like a year can kind of fly by at the snap of a finger, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you haven't done anything. It's just more so understand what you can do with the time you have. Right. Right. Because there's always going to be somebody waking up earlier than you. There's always going to be somebody else that's working later than you. So what are you doing with the time to kind of work yourself? Because remember, like like we like where we started at the beginning of this conversation. Don't worry about nobody else. Worry about what mm-hmm. it is that you can do to to progress in your own kind of like journey path or career. Right. Because. If if for you it's like okay, all of last year I only posted one piece of content a week. Okay, this year the goal is to get up to maybe three or four. Right. right? Manage the I think when you kind of like manage the goals that also Matt helps manage your expectations right. and kind of also keeps your keeps you know ang- uh, anxiety 
down for the most part, because then you're like, okay, I am giving myself smaller goals that I can kind of are are attainable and won't feel like this is a, it's, I'm never going to get to where I'm trying to get to. Right. Right. And so for like my listeners out there that they're like, man, MLSC is a pretty cool gig. Mm -hmm. How do, how do you, how does one even get a shot to get into an organization like MLSC that manages, owns, is the parent company of the top sports brands in the country? I think it's two things. It's um, you have to have good work. Mm -hmm. And secondly, it's also about who you know. Mm. And I I think that is always forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think the, the perception is if I have a bunch of clips that went viral or my stuff looks fire, then these companies are going to be coming after me. Not necessarily. Mm. Right. It's like, um, for me personally, I, I know for a fact, um, that the referrals that I had in my application prog- uh, process for this job helped me get this job, mm. right? And in that, th- those are people that I've I worked with for free. I um, helped out on projects. I shot behind the scenes stuff for them. And it's also people that I have worked with at other similar size companies because I used to work for Rogers Sports and Media on the, um, the Razamoka show. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a huge, that's a huge show. People, it's very easily right. recognizable. Um, but also too, I was able to use the contacts from that to now to then essentially parlay that into a a, a new position, right? right? Um, because especially when it comes to sports, you know, as 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 well as I know, for every sports role, there's minimum a thousand people applying mm-hmm. for a job. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Mm. Right. Especially when you're when you're talking Maple Leafs and Raptors like that's that's just that's just here in Ontario or slash Toronto. That doesn't include the rest of Canada and the states as well. Right. Right. So that's where your work can kind of get you ahead of most people. But then when you're in that you're yeah, you might be in that top tier. But what gets you the look is the the referral. Right. Who do you know? Who are you connected to? Who can kind of put in a good word for you? Um, I think that that part of um, media and content creation as a whole gets also left to the Mm. wayside um, because you have to do things genuinely and uh, and and with authenticity, as it were, because. I know. Okay, I had a good chat with Corey. Okay, boom. We were we were this uh, a position or a role um, yeah. comes up. I think Corey would be perfect for this role. Oh, right. I just happen to know the hiring person for that. Mm-hmm. Hey, do me a favor. If you're still looking for somebody, hit up my guy Corey. He'll have some. He'll have some good stuff for you. Here's a good word. Here's a couple of projects I work with him on. That right there puts you in the top the top five. You're getting right. a look. Absolutely. Right? And I, and I think people people for forget that that is a huge portion of of not just working in sports, but just working in in 
just in general. For, for 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 those roles that you want, you have to know people. One thousand percent, man. And, and a lot of gems there that you shared. And and the, the the big takeaway I'd like for people to remember is is the relationship piece. Um, and I like the way that you phrased it. You said forgotten, not known, because everyone knows it. They just they just they don't prioritize it. Yes. Right. And I think that's the point. They're like, yeah, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna get the knowledge. Um, I'm going to do stuff on my own, build up my skill level. I'm going to build up my portfolio, all very valuable things to do for sure. Mm-hmm. No one's knocking that, but what you deprioritize is the social aspect of it, right? Building friendships, relationships with people in your space, in and around your space. And more importantly, making time for those people. I had this conversation with someone else not too long ago and saying like, you know, um, periodically, I will reach out to people that I used to work with at whatever organization mm-hmm. or just people that I know and just have a chat. And the key thing here, Akeem, is is to do it not when you need something. Yes. Right? Because you don't want to be come off as that person that only reaches out when you need something, right? And people know. People know when you're doing that. Right, right. <laughs> and you use the word authentic right? That is inauthentic, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you really do need something, but it just feels, it just comes off very differently, right? And so one of the things that I've been very deliberate about in the last year and a half, maybe even two years, is reaching out periodically to people, past coworkers, even friends, hey, just touching base, how you doing? And just keep those relationships warm. Because to your point, Akeem, you know, there will come a time where maybe there's a downsizing or maybe the market's changed or mm-hmm, s- mm-hmm. some change, right? And your relationships are are the thing that's really going to put you over the top or, as you, as you said, in that top 10% when you are trying to get into X opportunity, whether it yes. be from a, a business perspective or an employee perspective, the relationship, that that is the one thing I would say that's going to kind of you know, give you that extra kick, that extra push when getting it is when trying to get whatever it is that you want. No, exactly. And, and like, and in that relationship, as cliche and as tacky as it sounds, it means it also means you have to be very mindful of how you interact with people. Right. Right. Like I have gotten referrals for, for gigs and for jobs for people I went to school with 10 years ago Mm -hmm. that I haven't spoken to or or touched base with them at all. But because my interaction with them Mm -hmm. was good and positive, of course, when something came up, they're like, Hey, Akeem, I know we haven't talked in a long time. Thought of you saw this position come up. Is that something you'd be I'm like, heck yeah, I'll take that opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. But that is because that's also because, when I did have the chance to have that interaction, to have that relationship, it was, it was, it was good. hundred you percent. Know? And what that kind of reminds me of Akeem is uh, the, the, the word, uh, the word or the term rather that comes to mind is personal brand, you know, mm-hmm. um, building your personal brand is very important. And as that, that adage goes, you know, people, might not necessarily necessarily uh, remember what you say, but they will remember how you made them feel, 
right? Yes. And so if you've always been a, 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 a person that's been pleasant to be around, you are very encouraging, you were, you know, whatever, whatever it is, people are going to hold on to that. They're more likely to remember that than the words and probably even the work that you did in some cases. Mm-hmm. And those things help when in the case where you, you're not in contact with that person on a, a regular basis mm-hmm. and building your personal brand is, is also huge, right? It, it's coupled with that. Um, so those are just some, some nuggets guys that you could take away and, and use and just, we all know these things. Again, we all read them and like five things you can do to <laughs> your, we we've all read the same articles, the listicles, right? Yeah. It's just, yep. you know, it's like this thing I wrote once habit over goals, like, it's good to have goals, but really what gets you there is your habits, right? So it's how do you make these things habitual, you know, mm-hmm. so you're doing them on a continuous basis in a very authentic way. Um, so my next question for you, Akeem, is, you know, and I think we kind of touched on it a little bit in this in that last question, but if you could share like one piece of advice or any advice really mm-hmm. uh, to an up-and-coming content creator in the Toronto area, what would that like pro tip or piece of advice be? Um, I think as simply as it can be is collaboration. Mm. Um, my One of my good friends, Kyle, he has a saying, he says, uh, there's enough food at, at the table for everyone to eat, mm. right? And I, I, I think in that creative space, it's very easy to kind of like silo yourself and just kind of like, okay, I want this job. I want this job. I want this. And everything that I get is just for me. Um, Whereas where we forget is in that collaboration is how you build is how you build those relationships for you to get those bigger highlight type of, of gigs and roles and opportunities. Right. Um, And I think, in that because it doesn't matter if it's paid or not but if you're able to collaborate and you know send that dm if that's if that's somebody that you want to work with shoot them a message because if you're uh, like if you're genuinely interested in working with them that will come through in whatever it is you say to them or right. in your in your interaction with them which will then in, in theory, make it easier for you to have that now relationship or collaboration, right? right? I think that I think that's that's been huge for me, um, especially moving back from from Vancouver. I started from from ground zero essentially when I got back. Right. So being able to collaborate, reach out to people, say, "Hey, I can shoot some be behind the scenes stuff for you," or um, right. "I can be a PA." What else? Do you need an extra pair of hands for to grip? for for a shoot whatever you need i'm there right right? and so in that collaboration um that brings a lot of humility but also brings a ton of opportunities as well right and i I love the fact that you brought that up as your as the the one nugget you'd really want to share with up and coming content creators collaboration there's another phrase i'll throw out there that I think coincides with your friend's phrase there's enough food at the table for everyone and that phrase is collaboration over competition collaboration over competition because to your point it's easy to kind of like get siloed and get in super competitive mode and want to be the only one and be afraid that there's not going to be enough left for you but i think um 
when you take the collaboration over competition approach, there's a couple of things that happen. One, you are also building your network, right? You're doubling it, right? And so, again, what did we just talk about? Relationships, right? How you kind of stay in that top 10% when other opportunities are coming around. So if you're always collaborating, you're simultaneously always expanding your network with people that are in your respective field, whatever that field is. Yes. And the other thing is, it reminds me of that other saying that says, hey, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you got to go with the team, right? Exactly. A group of people. Um, so uh, I love that nugget, that tidbit of, of, of collaboration. So as a follow-up, actually, Akeem, mm-hmm. you said collaboration as like your like one pro tip. Yeah. If you were specifically talking to another black content creator like yourself, mm-hmm. is there anything you would add to that? Yes. Um, I think that I think a the collaboration part is huge because I definitely find black creators to kind of have a very crab in the bucket type of mentality for stuff. <laughs> I would um, agree. So yeah, so definitely that, but I think also to um is be learn to be okay to be in uncomfortable spaces mm. um because kind of like similar to me kind of like my example of it's very easy and very comfortable for me to shoot like to be in a basketball space to shoot basketball is very familiar to me mm. um also there's a ton of people that look like me in in those spaces as well mm. however where i've seen the most growth is where I've been uncomfortable. Interesting. I wonder why that is. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. Because it's it's very, I think it's very easy to just kind of be like, okay, this is my lane and this is the only thing that I want to do. But I'm like, really take a, take a look at what it is that you like and what it is you like to do and or be around. Because although it might not, you might, you might not think it's like, a popular opinion or a popular topic for a lot of people to be there's a niche Mm -hmm. right so whether it's whether it's food whether it's or like for me whether it's hockey uh, i think just being on um being able to be to learn to be okay of being uncomfortable or being in uncomfortable spaces then that also gives you the opportunity to have those collaborations because now you have to you right. have to reach out to people because right. you're you're trying to now step into a new space, right? right. Uh, so I think that kind of follows everything else with it. No, I, I love that, man. That's that's a really good take because I, I I think I had a post this past week that said something to the effect of, um, if you're comfortable, you're probably not growing, right? There you uh, go. Because because for me, at least in my life experience. I've always learned the most when I'm uncomfortable. Yes. Whether that be in a room and I'm the most junior person in that room and it feels like everyone's talking over my head because it's some of the lingo, the jargon I don't understand mm-hmm. or whatever it is, or maybe certain people might outrank you in experience or pay or position or whatever the situation is, right? Those are the type of situations where you grow the most, Right. Yes. And it's it's human nature to stick to what we know. Right. Because it's it's comfortable. Right. Our, our brain is is primal. Right. Stick yeah. to the, the safe space. 
right? We all want to organically be safe, but in order to kind of maximize your potential, your growth, you have to get in, uh, put yourself in kind of uncomfortable situations, not things that will harm you physically, mentally. No, no, not at all. We're not talking about that because I know some people will take it that way. We're talking about, you know, maybe something that uh, you've always been interested in, but you like your point there, Akeem, you look in the room and no one looks like you. So you're like, ah, it's not for me. Yeah. But it really could be for you. Right. And you don't know what you don't know. And I'd rather just be a person that has the answer versus, you know, getting to my 70s and I'm in a retirement home. And then now I'm thinking about that opportunity when I was in my 30s. And now I'm like, hmm, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yes. You know, and now I'm thinking of what could have been. Right. So, yeah, I I a thousand percent agree uh, with your take of, you know, be uncomfortable or be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, 100 percent. Okay, so um, getting into my last question here, Akeem, uh, throughout your amazing career, uh, what has been the best lesson you believe you have learned from failing and, and pushing through adversity? Um, yeah, I think kind of like, I think my biggest lesson was kind of like the, that advice, um, Mm. is it's like learning how, learning how to be okay, um, being in uncomfortable spaces. Um, I think that has been the biggest thing for me, um, because being in the comfortable spaces, like, I think looking back at it held me back and I could have been much further if I had mm. taken a different route quicker. Right. Right. Um, and so I think that has also kind of been the biggest lesson for me um, and kind of something I try to remind myself of because I still do, I still do get nervous um, mm. when I, when I either a have to go shoot a game or, or be in, uh, a space where I know I'm not going to see anyone that looks <laughs> remotely like me. Yeah, right. Yeah. There, there, there is, that's still a nervousness and a hesitation that I have to still kind of like work through and kind of like right. psych myself up to kind of, to kind of get through that. Um, yeah. But I think being able to do that has allowed me to make a ton um, of great connections Um also has made my work uh, exponentially better um, just being in those spaces. And I think also, too, that's something that the more I continue to do it consistently is the more opportunities and the more doors that will also start to open as well. Right, right. I, I love that. But for the so you you mentioned this twice. Um you talked about the hockey, obviously being like the only guy like yourself in that particular, you know, arena. Mm-hmm. Is there any like tip you could share for those of us that are the only one or maybe one of few in those environments? Are there any kind of hacks you do to kind of get yourself to be prepared to be in that particular space? Yes. Like, um, a ton of self affirmations before Mm -hmm. um like i'll sit in my car for five for five minutes and be like all right 
This is what we're, this is the job. This is the task we're, we're coming here to do today. And we're, right. we're going to go and do, we're going to do an awesome job. We're going to meet great people. Um, and I think also to just also rem, rem, remembering to enter whatever space it is with confidence. Mm. I think when you enter with confidence in the knowledge that you know that you have right. or the task that you're trying to achieve, that removes a a ton of uh self-doubt and anxiety on yourself right but also when somebody comes to because there will be people that are that will approach and and question what it is that you're doing <laughs> it tell allows them, tell them it, it, it allows you to to answer mm-hmm. respectfully and, and confidently mm. um and i think when you're able to do that that it, then that person especially will remember not to do that again but right. also too you you start you now start to become a, a trusted voice in that space right 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 which is huge 100 percent. and i think the confidence piece is 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 one of the more important parts you know and i think how you get to the confidence piece because you can't really teach confidence but i think there's certain activities you can do to build your confidence like yourself yes. like the affirmations right whether that be verbal or you know visuals of yourself and just reminding yourself that you deserve this you worked hard for this you belong here you're knowledgeable you have the information whatever it, whatever it is that you have to say just remind yourself of those different factors and we all have to do that right we all go through variations of imposter syndrome or uh, whatever else you want to call it and so I love those hacks that you just shared. Um, yes, it is kind of sad that sometimes we have to kind of prep ourselves up where some folks just to kind of get to go along their day just like any yeah. other day. <laughs> but, you know, what I can say is it doesn't have to be permanent. No. It can just be temporary. It might just be a one-time thing. It might be a couple of times or what have you. Yes. Um, but to totally avoid those situations is not the answer. I don't feel because I think you'd be depriving yourself of opportunity. And also as we grow as leaders in this space, we're also providing opportunities, a pathway for the next generation coming up because they're looking up to to us. So we have to make room for them to come here uh, as well. So avoiding those spaces totally is definitely uh, not the solution uh, to that issue. Now, Akeem, um, I'm going to end here with some quick rapid fire questions. This is where I ask you, uh, ask you a really quick question and you give me your quickest answer as soon as possible. First thing that comes to your mind. So my first gotcha. question is here, Akeem, what it, it, what's the hardest sport to produce and edit? The hardest sport to produce and edit? Um, hockey. Mm. No, sorry. Soccer. Soccer it is. Really? Why is that? Please elaborate. I'm just really curious on that. Because the pace of the game is much slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot more that you have to fill. Um, whereas with basketball or hockey, the games are very high speed, or even volleyball is very high speed right. uh, with with big highlights and or big hits. So there's right quick moments that you can kind of splice together where soccer, you very much have to kind of like search and look and very, and try to anticipate a lot of stuff. Cause if there's only one goal in the game and you miss <laughs> it, right. 
It, yeah. That's it. That's that's the video. It's done. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I think I, I I would say soccer for sure. That's interesting. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. It reminds me of a joke I've seen where someone said, hey, hey you know, a typical soccer match or football match uh, could last up to like three hours. And sometimes the games could be nil. Yeah. It's like I just invested three hours <laughs> it's, and it's zero, zero. Like, what kind of return on investment is that for my ticket? No, 100%. 100%. <laughs> All right. My next question. What technology or new thing are you most excited about this year? What technology or new thing am I most excited about this year? Um, is that just in general in, in the industry or, or in general? In general, that I think that would be. I guess just because I, I came off of the, they had a big photo conference a few weeks ago. I would say the new drones that are coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a I'm a big travel guy. I love to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the the new drones that have been coming out are just super sick. Love it, love it. Video or photography? What's more impactful? I would say I'd lean to video because you it gives you more room and more opportunities to tell the story. Mm. And my last one. If you had to choose one word to describe yourself, what would it be? Happy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a good word to choose. So Akeem, for, for all my listeners, the people that are going to see your clips on social, if they want to reach out with you, work with you, collaborate with you, what's the best way to find you? Uh, best way is, uh, Instagram at visuals by dream. Um, and also to, there's a, an email link on there as well. Uh, contact at visuals by dream.org. Awesome. I love it. All right, guys, that concludes, uh, this episode, uh, with the Keem Burke. Um, and as many of you know, uh, I typically like to end, uh, each podcast by saying, if you want to just impress people, you know, talk about your wins, your successes, share your accolades if you just really want to impress people. But if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life, share your tribulations, your downfalls, your failures. That's how you really move the needle in someone else's life. So with that being said, Akeem and I are out. Peace and love until the next time. Clockwise. Yeah, yeah. Never turn back. Yeah, yeah. Only go clockwise.